Joining us on the line is Lisa Ferrano. She is uh, uh, what well, dynamic young lady in our community. Always great to talk to her. Lisa, how are you doing? I am so good this morning, and I'm so happy to be chatting with you. It's exciting and really cool to be doing it from my office at home. <laughs> so, you know what? We were just talking off air how much I miss seeing people I know. that I normally get to talk to, but it is great to hear your voice. And yeah. uh, These are some crazy times, but there's some positive things happening. There's some change happening in our community. Uh, I'm sure you will uh, notice the crowd that was gathered uh, just uh, just the other day for a big I was in the crowd, yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, it was, and it's interesting because there's a couple of things about that. I was there with my daughter, who's 23, and my friend Abigail Hitchens was there with her son, who's, I think, around six. Right. And both kids got very overwhelmed. And I did too. I mean, I it, it, it was amazing. Over 2,000 yeah. people were there right in front of town hall speaking peacefully about change, about systems change in Collingwood and, and all around this area. So the kids, I think, were just, I, they've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And it was huge. So I, I, we all got a little bit, wow, <laughs> oh my you know, this is incredible. And uh, the power in that group, the power in the community of the literally mostly white group, obviously, um, mostly from this town mm-hmm. that were supporting this issue were it was it just it, my heart was so full. It was incredible. And then new people coming up to the microphone, yeah. new people coming up and speaking and, and telling their stories and talking about, you know, how they grew up in this area and how they felt if they were black or brown or indigenous or, you know, any color, how they how they reacted to it. So, yeah, it was pretty incredible. And they're doing it again, apparently. Yes. Sunday, Sunday night Sunday is another night. part. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it is nice to see the people come out, but it is a complex issue. Yeah. And, and at least the conversations are starting. And that, to me, that is the powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know how related it is to these movements, but uh, a conversation that has been started that certainly made me stop and think um, is something that you're very involved in. And, and it's about a petition to the council, the town council. Yeah, yeah. So I actually was introduced to this issue, I, I think, sometime last year. I can't remember when Abigail started the petition, um, but a friend of mine, an elder from Sogin First Nation, um, she called me up and said, you know, Lisa, there's this, there's this flag flying in Collingwood, and it's a Confederate flag. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard about it. And she said, this is, it's, it's really unsettling to some of our community members that this is flying in our area in Collingwood. And, you know, can you do something about it? Can you get it? Can you get them to pull it down? And I'm like, I, what can I do? It's a flag flag. You know, I, I can't mm. just, you know, I have no power here. But I looked into it and there was an article that came out in the paper and it sounded from the article like the town was doing something about it. And that was last year. So I, I said to her, listen, I, as far as I know, they're looking at it. So hopefully this is an issue that's moving forward. It, nothing happened. It was not looked at in any way. Um, I think at the time the petition, well, it gathered maybe about 200 signatures, um, and that was that. And so then uh, my friend Peter Hodgson called me up a couple of weeks ago and said, you know what, there's this petition for this flag and for other symbols of flat-out racism, of hate, language of hate that are, you know, that, that are happening in our area, and it's unacceptable. 
and let's share the petition. Let's see if we can get this thing going again. So he shared it on his Facebook page. I shared it on my Facebook page. It now has over 25,000 signatures. Now, let's just explain. That's in a couple of weeks. It, and that's amazing. And, that's and again, it of. just shows you the uh, how... How much of our community is plugged into into what's going on here? Exactly. I do want to ask, though, for those who might not get it, what 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 is the significance of a Confederate flag? It's a flag that would that was the flag flown as the government's flag for the mm-hmm. Southern U.S. How mm-hmm. is that a hate a hate crime? How's that a hate speech? Well, it is a symbol of white supremacy. You can't get away with that. You can't get away from that. It is definitely a symbol of white supremacy. And we can talk about white supremacy, but the Confederate flag is, sure, there are lots of people that would say, you know, that are history buffs that would say this was part of the Civil War. Um, It's part of a, a history, a moment in history, but it has been taken on and is widely recognized as a symbol of white supremacy, which is repressive to anyone who's not white, (laughs) particularly black people. So it's that makes it unacceptable because when you're when you're flying a flag that is a symbol of repression to your own people and it just so happens that the flag is flying right across the street from a biracial family Mm. who were deeply, deeply hurt by this. In fact, um, this lady, my friend's son had to switch schools because he was also bullied in racist ways at schools, right at, at his school locally, and and this is, this was at incredibly difficult times for them for an, you know for a whole year. Um, so the flags come down now. I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe it's because the flag owner wanted to you know do the right thing. He wanted right. to he he understood that his community is is suggesting that this is not an acceptable form of of community spirit of language, and maybe he'll you know. And also, if you're a a history buff. If you're a war buff, you 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 would I guess I I would imagine you you have these enactments of this history of this war. Well, fly the flag then because right. you are at an event. If you're at it, a museum or a, it, a war memorial or that, a monument, or if you're, yeah, I, I understand there right. are folks that get together and actually reenact certain events, and then you fly the flag then, and then it comes down because right. it's no longer. It's no longer oppressive. It, it's not flying in the face of everyone who sees it. So, you know, that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But when you are blatantly displaying this, and it's now, I understand there's another flag on Beechwood Road. I'm not sure if it's still there. I haven't seen it myself, but others have. Um, if you are hurting anyone else in any way by what you're doing, and it's widely accepted that that is what's going on, then we have to do something about it. And I think where it comes to counsel, and not, not just Collingwood, um, every area has is having the same issue with these representations because it goes back to freedom of speech. And freedom of speech is in our Constitution. It's in our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It's that, But freedom of speech, what people don't necessarily understand is that it only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Hate messages of hate and symbols of hate there are laws to protect us from this type of repression and that's the good thing so i i mean you're 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 it's a very difficult space to be in because it's new but let me tell you it has exploded as you know and i know globally and particularly in north america my my daughter actually works in advertising and it just in the past Two weeks. All of the companies that they are working with are they are focused on 
creating lasting policies, but not just programs. We're talking about systems change within their organizations, within their companies, and they're committed to this. And they're creating plans right now that are 5, 10, 20 years out to establish systems change within their companies because they know that people that are buying their products, they want to see this. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is what's important. When you go, when you take a petition from 200 to 25,000 people in two weeks, two weeks, that means that these people want to hear this. And there's only 10,900 registered household, households in Collingwood. So these people, they're also coming from the surrounding area. Right. But the other thing to, to note here is that other same tier municipalities have done this successfully. Owen Sound has done it. Aurelia has done it. And they have not had any cases come up against the against their local municipality to fight this once we, these bylaws have been established. So that it, we can do it. Uh, what specifically are you asking council to do? What does the petition actually say? That's a good question. Well, the petition is online. The petition's on my okay. Facebook page. So um, basically, the petition does name the Confederate flag and just it's basically taking down sim- symbols of hate and symbols of repression like the Confederate flag in our in our neighborhood, in, in Collingwood. Um, what we're asking council to do is, is a little bit bigger than that. Um, it's taking, it's removing language of hate. Um, language of repression from our community. And then we want to take it one step further. We want to work with council um, to establish programs and training. And I call it cultural safety training. Mm. And it's basically relearning ourselves on cultural safety for all people, black, indigenous, brown, Asian, doesn't matter. Anyone who's being repressed, because if, if I mean, I, I was shared a, a quote the other day, and I'll, I'll read it to you, because it's, it's really important, and this is, this is where I think the learning begins. White supremacy won't die until white people see it as a white issue they need to solve, rather than mm. a black issue they need to empathize with. This is our issue. Right. This is this is our thing as white people. This is what we need to sort out, and that's what I mean by systems change. Um, my friend Allison Fitzgerald, I called her a couple of days ago to ask if she would where she stood on on all this. And of course, Allison, who's absolutely brilliant and and so sure poetic is. in her language, um, the executive director of my friend's house, she suggested that she she has been involved in or has been to. Um, what she described is like it's like a white privilege awareness conference, and I, as soon as I heard that, because this has been an issue that's been so dear to my heart for so long, is this type of systems change, a white privilege awareness conference where people actually learn what this means, mm-hmm. what this means, what it means to become anti-racist, and it's not just a thing that you talk about; it's actually something that you have to do in your actions. It's actually something that you need to do every day. And, and people keep asking, well, what can I do? And there's so much. And we can help people to learn and to understand what they, are, what they can do. Um, I've, I've, got a, I've got a graph in front of me on my computer that, um, that uh, Abigail actually shared with me the other day. And it's, a, it's, it's called Becoming Anti-Racist. And in the beginning of this graph, there's this, this area, this circle they call the fear zone. And part of that fear zone is denying that racism is even a problem. And we've heard that. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Stockwell yep. Day recently. Sure. You know, why this isn't a problem in Canada. This is Canada, the land of the free. We're we're beautiful. We love people. We're tree huggers up here. No way. No way. In fact, I think, I, be, I believe I understood the other day, someone told me the first, um, there was the first black, there was a, a major racist movement, and the first one happened actually in Canada, not in the United States. Mm. So, so in, that, in that fear zone, one other very important component is that I strive to be comfortable. I avoid hard questions. So you're... It's like, it's not, in, it's not my, my issue. It's not my problem. It's other people's problem. And we all have experienced that. I've experienced that. You know, when you're growing up, when your parents tell you to finish all the food on your plate, you're starving children in Africa, and you're thinking, I don't know any starving children in Africa. <laughs> you're, what are you talking about? It's not my problem. It's not my thing. And you just carry on. Well, that's something that we've all experienced. We can all recognize, and we can all learn that there is... There are different stages to becoming anti-racist. And the next circle is the learning zone where you can educate yourself about race and structural racism. Um, and you, you can be vulnerable. And that's, that's, a, that's a different zone. That's a different area. Mm-hmm. And that's where we all need help with. And then you move into the growth zone where you're educating your peers on how racism harms our communities, our professions, our daily lives, um, where you promote and advocate for policies and leaders that are anti-racist. And that's the zone that we all want to move into together. And that's where, you know, when Allison said White Privilege Awareness Conference, that's where we can learn. <laughs> you know? In terms of this uh, petition, what's the next step? How do people join this, 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 uh, this movement? Well, we've got a, we've actually... Um, registered a deputation um so we're we're going to be sitting in front of council on june 15th um sadly because of covid council meetings are not necessarily public right now so um but they are actually trying to sort out i believe um tina comey is one of the counselors we're trying to sort out how to have people there people supporters because supporters have always been able to be at council meetings um, when deputations are being are being read, so we're we're trying to figure out how to do that. Um, there'll be more information on our Facebook pages, but uh, I think that they had now have at least four deputations um, registered for that meeting on the fifteenth, which is a lot. Every deputation gets ten minutes to speak. Right. So I will be speaking. I'm actually going to be reading a letter from one of the past um, chiefs of one of uh, the local indigenous communities. He is not able to be there on the 15th of June, but he is there in total support of this of this petition and of working with the community to move forward on becoming anti-racist. Well, Lisa, uh, we wish you the very best uh, for the 15th. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, you've got a lot of people behind you, and if is there things people can do now to help that cause? Can they continue to sign this petition? Absolutely. The petition will be shared. It's going to continue to be shared widely. We were over 25,000 a couple of days ago, so I don't know where we're at now. Nice. And come to, the, come to the rally on Sunday night. I think it's starting at Town Hall okay. again, yep. walking to the Owen Gathering space. And check our Facebook pages because there is lots of information. And, you know, if we do end up bringing a conference like this to, to this area, everyone can get involved. It'll be open. And, and so, yeah, there's lots that people can do. Get in touch with any one of us. Lisa, thank you so much for being here and talking to me. Thanks for having me again. Thank you so much, John.